Act One of Andromache by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Introduction to Andromache In this tragedy, which made its appearance in 1667, there is a more intricate plot than is usual in Racine's plays, and it offers a greater variety of character and motive. Love, jealousy, friendship, conjugal fidelity, maternal tenderness, anger, and despair are all portrayed with skillful touches, and if the language is that of the French court of the 17th century, the natural emotions of the human heart, the same in all ages, show themselves plainly under the mask of conventional mannerism. Racine has taken the subject of his drama from the third book of Virgil's Aeneid, lines 291-322, and the Andromache of Euripides, but has modified the ancient tradition so far as to make Hector's son Astyanax the object of the heroine's solicitude instead of Molossus, the fruit of her subsequent union with Pyrrhus. Characters Andromache, widow of Hector, captive of Pyrrhus Read by Sonia. Pyrrhus, son of Achilles, king of Epirus. Read by Matthew Rees. Orestes, son of Agamemnon. As read by Richard Jaspring. Hermione, daughter of Helen, betrothed to Pyrrhus. Read by Shreya Sethi. Pylades, friend of Orestes. Read by Alan Mapstone. Cleon, friend of Hermione. Read by Jessica Hendra. Sifisa, friend of Andromache. Read by Hanna Panmarenko. Phoenix, tutor of Achilles and afterwards of Pyrrhus. Read by Todd. Stage directions. Read by David Purdy. The scene is laid at Bathrotum, a town of Epirus, in a hall at the palace of Pyrrhus. Andromache, a tragedy, Act One, Scene One, Orestes, Pylades. Yes, since I find again a friend so true, my fortune gins to wear another face. Already seems her wrath to have been soothed, permitting us to meet each other here, who would have thought that this detested coast would first present you to Orestes' eyes, and, lost six months and more, you should be found where an Epirus Pyrrhus holds his court? Thanks be to heaven that has detained my steps so oft and seemed to shut me out from Greece since that disastrous day when winds and waves scattered our vessels almost in the sight of this Epirus how i mourned and wept myself an exile for orestes fate dreading for him ever some danger new some sorrow that my friendship could not share that melancholy most of all i feared which i have seen so long your soul or cloud i feared that heaven might grant you cruel aid and offer what you ever sought a tomb but now i see you and if i may dare to say it happier fortune brings you here 
this stately train that on your steps attends looks not like that of wretch who seeks his death alas who knows what fortune is my guide love bids me seek a cruel mistress here but i am ignorant of fate's decrees whether tis life or death that i shall find is then your soul so bound in slavery that for love's sake alone you care to live what spell constrains you to those fires again the tortures you have suffered all forgot will she who would not listen to your prayers at sparta in epirus prove more kind ashamed of having uttered vows so vain you should despise her speak no more of her your words deceived me i deceived myself or well not friend a wretch who clings to you have i from you e'er hidden heart's desire you knew my flame fresh born my earliest sighs when menelaus pledged his daughter's hand to pyrrhus the avenger of his race you witnessed my despair since then you've seen how i have dragged my chains from sea to sea i saw you pitying my forlorn estate ready to follow me where'er i went checking my madness in its wild career you saved me from myself from day to day but when distracted by my fears i thought hermione was lavishing her charms on pyrrhus well you know how filled with wrath i strove to make forgetfulness repay her scorn i made you think and thought myself the victory achieved deemed passion changed to hatred and disparaging her charms abhorred her harshness and defied her eyes to raise the tender feelings i'd crushed in that deceitful calm i came to greece and found her princes mustered to withstand a danger and no mean one that appeared fraught with fresh troubles eagerly i joined their ranks and hoped in war to find release from other cares that former strength regained my heart would lose all memory of love but mark with me how persecuting fate entrapped me in the snare i thought to shun on every side i heard murmurs and threats raised against pyrrhus from the whole of greece complaining that forgetful of his blood and promise at his court he rears her foe astyanax the young ill-fated son of hector relic of so many kings buried neath troy to save the babe from death andromache as i have heard deceived wily ulysses while another child torn from her arms was slaughtered in his stead they say hermione has failed to charm my rival that elsewhere his heart and crown he offers menelaus loath to trust the rumour is sore vexed at long delay the cause of his displeasure is to me a source of secret triumph yet at first i deemed it but a feeling of revenge a thought that flattered pride but soon i found the fair tormentor had resumed her place within my heart the smouldering fire revived i felt my hatred melt and disappear or rather felt my love had never ceased soliciting support from all the greeks to pyrrhus i was sent and here i am my mission is to try if i can wrest this infant from his arms who while he lives brings fear to many happy shall i be if i can carry off not hector's son but my princess nor fancy that my flame fanned by repression can extinguished be by any peril all resistance proved to be in vain i blindly yield myself to passion's sway i love hermione am come to win her fly with her or die pyrrhus you know what think you will he do 
Tell me what passes in his court and what within his heart. Still to Hermione is he enslaved? Will he restore the prize of which he robbed me? Should I promise that, I should deceive you. Not with his consent shall she be yours. Not that he seems much pleased to have won her. Hector's widow fires his heart with warmer passion, but she proves unkind, and hitherto has paid his love with hate, though daily he attempts in every way to bind her stubborn will or rouse her fears. From her he hides her boy, threatens his life, then fame would dry the tears he forced to flow. Hermione has seen a hundred times her lover's wrath submit to sue again and offer humbly off rejected vows with troubled sighs of mingled love and rage. You must not then expect that I can tell the emotions of a heart so ill-controlled. In its distraction he may wed, perchance, the one he scorns, and lose the one he loves. But tell me how Hermione beholds her charms condemned, the marriage rites delayed. To all appearances she would seem, my lord, disdainful of her suitor's fickleness, and thinks that anxious to be reconciled, he'll soon entreat her to take back his heart. To me, indeed, she has her grief revealed. She mourns in secret his indifference. Ready to leave him, still she always stays, and sometimes calls Orestes to her aid. Ah, if I thought so, Pylades, full soon would I go, cast myself. Fulfill your task. Wait on the king, and tell him that all Greece is banded against Hector's son. So far from giving up the child of her he loves, their hatred will but make his heart more fond. All efforts made to part them will the more unite them. Urge your mission, and its end must fail. He comes. Prepare her, then, to see a lover who comes hither but for her. Scene 2. Pyrrhus. Orestes. Phoenix. Ere by my voice all Greece addresses you, let me express my pleasure in her choice of me, and at beholding face to face Achilles' offspring, conqueror of Troy, yes, we admire your exploits like his own. Before him Hector fell, Troy before you, your daring and success alike have shown Achilles' son alone can fill his place. But what he never would have done, with pain we see you do giving unhappy Troy fresh power to injure, letting pity move your heart with fatal touch, prolonging feud already waged so long. Do you forget the might of Hector? We remember still what blood he cost us. At his very name widows and orphans tremble. Not a home but calls for vengeance on this son of his, for father or for husband lost through him. Who knows what harm this child may one day work? Perchance he may come down upon our ports, as we have seen his sire do, burn our ships, and, fire in hand, pursue them o'er the waves. Sir, shall I dare to tell you what I think? You fear what recompense your cares may meet, and lest the serpent in your bosom nursed may punish you one day for sheltering him. Be the desire of Greece then satisfied, secure your life by wreaking her revenge. 
destroy a dangerous foe who will on you practice the sword hereafter to be used against her. Greece alarms herself too much on my behalf. By more important cares I thought her moved, and that such envoy brought some grander project than I yet have heard. Who would suppose that Agamemnon's son would deign to intervene in this affair? Or that all Greece, after such triumphs won, could thus conspire against an infant's life? To whom am I to make the sacrifice? Greece may no longer claim his life as hers. Or is it not allowed to me alone of all the Greeks to treat as I may please a captive one by lot? When neath the walls of smoking Troy the victor's blood besprent, the spoil divided, to my share there fell Andromache and Hector's infant son. Ulysses made the cup of misery o'erflow for Hecuba. To Argos went Cassandra with your sire. Have I controlled them or their captives, or presumed to claim the fruit of their brave deeds? They fear the day when Hector shall revive. His son may take my life if his be spared. Such caution shows care in excess. Misfortunes so remote are quite beyond my ken. I see proud Troy as once she was, mother of heroes, queen of Asia, crowned with towers. And then I see how she fell headlong, how she prostrate lies. For walls but heaps of ashes I behold, a river that runs blood, forsaken fields, a child in chains. And little can I think that Troy so fallen meditates revenge. If it were sworn that Hector's son should die, why did we let a year pass o'er his head? Why could we not have slain him in the arms of Priam? Troy might well have been his tomb, no less than that of others. Age and youth pleaded alike in vain their weakness then. War's frenzy and night's darkness, worse than we, left no distinctions to our murderous swords. My rage was fierce as that of any there against the vanquished. But should cruelty outlive one's fury? Can I in cool blood, discarding pity, slaughter a poor child? No, sir. Let Greece hunt up some other prey. Efface elsewhere all vestiges of Troy. My enmity is finished, and what war has spared, Epirus safely shall preserve. You know, my lord, full well what cunning trick brought to the sword a false Astyanax instead of Hector's son. It is not Troy, nor Trojans. It is Hector they pursue. Greece tracks the father's footsteps in the sun. The wrath his bloodshed kindled must in blood be quenched, and none but Hector's can avail. Even to Epirus will they follow it. Prevent them. No, the challenge I accept with joy, and in Epirus let them seek a second Troy, while hatred makes them class with foes the friend who brought them victory. Greece will not then for the first time requite unjustly all Achilles' services. Once Hector profited, the day may come when Hector's son shall profit in his turn. So Greece in you finds a rebellious son. Have I then conquered only to depend on her? Hermione will check your course. Between her father and yourself her eyes will interpose. She may be dear to me, and yet I need not be her father's slave because I love her. Time may reconcile honor, perchance, with what affection claims. Meanwhile, fair Helen's daughter you may see. I know what tie of blood links you and her. 
No longer will I keep you after that. Go, say that I refuse what Greece demands. Scene 3. Pyrrhus, Phoenix. Thus, then, you send him to his mistress's feet? Long for the princess has his passion burned, they say. What? If that fire should be revived, his heart be given to her, and her to him? Let them love, Phoenix. She may take her leave with my consent. Aye, let the enamoured pair go back to Sparta. Not a port shall bar their exit. Let her spare me more constraint. My lord. I'll bear my soul another time. Andromache approaches. Scene 4. Pyrrhus, Andromache, Phoenix, Sophissa. Is it I, madam, you seek? May I indulge a hope so pleasing? I was passing to the place that holds my son, permitted once a day to see the only being left to me of Troy and Hector, and I have not yet wept with him, no, nor held him in my arms a moment. Greece, if her alarm tells truth, will give you other causes soon for tears. <laughs> What is this terror that has struck her heart? Has then some Trojan managed to escape? Not yet extinguished is the hatred felt for Hector, and they dread his son. <laughs> Their fear has found a worthy object. He, poor child, yet knows not Hector for his sire, nor you for master. All the same, the Greeks demand his blood, and Agamemnon's son is here to urge his punishment. Will you pronounce sentence so hard? My interest in him is his sole crime. It is not that they fear he will avenge his father, but will dry his mother's tears. He would have filled the place of sire and husband. <sighs> I must lose them all, and at your hand. Weep not. I have refused to do their bidding, though they threaten war. Shall they again, with twice five hundred ships set sail, to force you to give up your son, though all the blood that Helen caused to flow must be the price, and after ten years' war my palace sink in flames, I falter not. And with my own will I defend his life. But mid these perils, suffered for your sake, will you refuse to grant a kinder look? Pressed on all sides and hated by the Greeks, must I still strive against your cruelty? My arm is at your service. May I hope you will accept the heart's devotion, too? Let not your champion have to reckon you among the number of his enemies. Think what ye do, my lord, what Greece will say. Can souls so great as yours such weakness show? You would not have your generous purpose pass for the mere madness of a lovesick swain. How can you wish a captive, sad as I, to love you? I, who cannot bear myself. Can eyes that sorrow haunts have charms for you, doomed by yourself to everlasting tears? No, no. Respect your captive's misery. Relieve the wretched. To a mother's arms restore a son. Withstand the cruelty of all the Greeks, nor make my heart the price of succor, and at need against my will protect him. 
that were conduct that befits achilles son what is your wrath still hot shall hatred and the punishment it prompts ne'er cease much woe i doubtless caused and troy has seen this hand dyed crimson with your blood a hundred times but smitten by the shafts from beauty's eyes have i not dearly paid for all their tears and long since learned remorse i suffer all the ills i gave to troy vanquished and taken prisoner with regrets loaded consumed with fires more fierce than those i kindled such anxiety such tears such restless longings was i e'er so harsh as you are now have you not punished me indeed enough nay let our common foes unite us tell me only i may hope i give you back your son will be to him a father and will teach him to avenge his country i myself will punish greece for your calamities and mine one look shall give me strength for all troy shall revive e'en from her ashes sooner than its siege lasted her walls shall rise your son be crowned her king i care not for such glory now that prospect pleased me while his father lived troy's sacred walls that hector could not save may never hope to see our faces more my lord the wretched are content with less tis exile only that these tears demand far from the greeks i too and far from you let me go hide my son and mourn my loss your love inflames their hatred against us return to helen's daughter oh return that can i not then why distress me more how may a heart that's yours be given to her i know that she was promised its command i know she hither came to reign as queen fate to epirus brought you both alike her to impose the chains of slavery and you to wear them but i took no pains to please her seeing how your charms prevail and hers are scorned it might be rather thought that she is a captive here and you are queen ah how a single sigh of all i breathe for you would carry joy if given to her how should they not be welcome can she ever forget the services that you have wrought hector and troy are names that do not cause a shudder nor is all her tenderness devoted to the dead ah oh, what a loss was mine bitter to think on slaying him your father made himself immortal gained the crown of all his glory and my tears have made you both renowned it needs must be that i obey you madam and forget nay hate you love has been too violent to change its course to mere indifference be well assured the heart henceforth that loves no more with passion must with fury hate not will i in my righteous anger spare the son shall answer for the mother's scorn greece asks his life why should i always stoop to save the ungrateful i'll do so no more alas then he must die his mother's tears his sole protection and his innocence and yet perchance so wretched is my lot his death may lift this load of misery life and its woes i bore but for his sake to follow him will bring me to his sire 
thus reunited thanks to you my lord we three shall madam go and see your son the sight of him may teach your heart to shun the path to which your anger beckons you i'll choose another hour to learn my fate think how to save him while you clasp him close end of act one